You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. It was the year of fire. The year of destruction. The year we took back what was ours. It was the year of rebirth. The year of great sadness. The year of pain. And the year of joy. It was a new age. It was the end of history. It was the year everything changed. The year is 2261. The place, Babylon 5. Who am I? I am Susan Ivanova, commander. Daughter of Andre and Sophie Ivanov. I am the right hand of vengeance and the boot that is going to kick your sorry ass all the way back to Earth. I am death incarnate. And the last living thing that you are ever going to see. It's over because we've decided it's over. Now get the hell out of our galaxy! Hello and welcome to the Epsilon 3, a Babylon 5 rewatch podcast. Each week we review an episode of the 1990s sci-fi TV classic Babylon 5. This week, Season 4, Episode 14, Moments of Transition. I'm Paul. I'm Dan. I'm Sean. And, and we, we are, are the, the Epsilon, Epsilon 3. And the synopsis. The Mimbari Civil War comes to its fiery conclusion. Besta makes an offer to an increasingly desperate leader. And Sheridan is compelled to act against Earth after receiving horrible news from Ivanova. Written by JMS and directed by Tony Dow, this episode episode this episode was released on May the 19th, 1997. And takes place from May the 20th to September the 1st, 2261. And the guest stars are Bart McCarthy as Shakiri, John Vickery as Naroon, Walter Koenig as Alfred Bester, Christine Noonan as Businesswoman, Scott Adams as Mr. Adams, Carl J. Pfeiffer as Guard. Uncredited are Stephen Austin Scott. I don't have to say this correctly now. Cordelis. Yeah, him, that one, because I've written it down wrong. As Pacmarar Ambassador. And Bill Blair as Alien. Also, we have Zephram Zimbalist Jr. as William Edgar's voice. God, what a name. <laughs> I think it's just, he's got a load of Scrabble letters and just thrown them on the table and gone, there you go. Quite a voice he has too. Yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah. It's, it's almost like um, Bosley from um, the... It's exactly what I've got written on my notes. Oh, yeah. It is oh, Bosley well from the... Yeah, that Charlie's Angels. Angels. Yeah, Charlie's, Charlie's Angels. Angels. Yeah. yeah. It really did feel like he was deploying Garibaldi this week. As like, <laughs> I've got a mission for you, Angel. I, I mean, Garibaldi. <laughs> yeah, excellent. So, Sean, what did you think of this episode? Uh, I didn't really care for it. <laughs> it, it, it was it was fine, uh, but the, the whole leader thing was kind of depressing. Um, the 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 conclusion of the Mimbari War was kind of anticlimactic. 
Uh, I, I liked that uh, Bester did a personal log, just like they would have done on Star Trek. That was kind of cool. I wrote that down in my notes. Um, it was it was fine, but I didn't really care. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dan? Yeah, uh, from last week, we said something was missing. And I feel like because something was missing last week, it's now even less satisfying when we have the conclusion of what was missing this week. Um, Yeah, it's a civil war that had no lead up, happened and then ended very quickly because of some lighting in the ceiling. Like, what exactly is that thing? Someone built a giant laser, put it in the ceiling and thought, ah, it's fine. I'll meet the health and safety codes. That's all right. And it opens up gradually as if like you've got some time to walk away from it like what kind of contraption is this there's nothing holding the person in line with the laser so if this was a torture device for a prisoner or something like that what is the point of this who designed who was the person who was given the contract for that it's like yeah you've got to open up this laser so what you evaporate your enemy straight away no 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 gradually over the course of about 10 minutes we are going to evaporate our enemy okay why do you need this like what's it actually for it just baffled baffled me all the way lita yeah i mean that hit me on another level i am currently still looking for another job i'm going through the job hunts so seeing someone on screen also failing at job hunts who is completely qualified to do the job but she doesn't have that one thing on her cv that kind of pushed the episode down for me it made me even more depressed than uh, the episode itself would have made me um and yeah, the personal log with Bester. I wondered if it was a personal log or if it's just him monologuing in his own head and then broadcasting <laughs> it to everybody in the in the room in the Zocalo with him. Oh, could be. Um, and he's just telling, he's just showing off because he could uh, annoy Garibaldi. And yeah, it's another episode with irate, uh, you know, changed Garibaldi, and I'm just I'm over this bit as well. So yeah, not a good one for me either. Yeah, um, I, I was thinking the same thing when, when that light came through the ceiling. I was thinking it, it reminded me of Red Dwarf, you know, because obviously <laughs> this light comes down and then it gets to like it, it starts to create fire and, and go all red. And I was thinking, like you said, that the, the contractor who got the uh, the the you know, to build that uh, contraption, somebody must have said to him, and we wanted to go red afterwards. And he says, well, are, you, <laughs> "Are you sure? I mean, we are going to have to change the bulb." Yeah, it's, it's like the cheapest I mean, ima- What is it? Imagine building a Death Star that slowly destroys the planet over the course of an hour. It doesn't make <laughs> yeah. any sense. <laughs> mm, yeah, no, it's it's it. I didn't really get on with this episode too much, but anyway, we we shall uh, we shall go through it and see how we how we feel at the end. So Garibaldi can't seem to get a solid night's sleep these days, and tonight is no different, as William Edgars is calling him. Another package will be arriving on Babylon 5 later that day, and it needs to get through customs and security. More advanced compounds for his pharmaceutical research department, which he doesn't want to fall into the wrong hands before he can patent them. Garibaldi will get right on it. Sheridan can't sleep. He is worrying about the lack of communications from Mimbar due to the fighting in the, cap- in the capital. The images from Mimbar are of a displaced people and bombed out buildings. The leader of the warrior caste has the city surrounded and will destroy it and all the people in it unless they surrender by tomorrow. Leader Alexander is being interviewed for a job. When it becomes clear that she is no longer part of the psychor, the interview is terminated. Naroon has a meeting with his superior and the leader of the warrior caste, Shakiri. Shakiri, who used to play for Liverpool, I'm sure he did. I'm sure he was a midfielder. Or was he a striker? For, he was just 
came from Switzerland. Anyway, Shahiri says that the religious caste are too weak and too trustful, and they will soon have control over the city. Naroon says he does not like the cost of the war, but Shakiri says that cities can be rebuilt and the dead Mimbari will be reborn into the population, perhaps even as warrior caste. It was the religious caste that got them into the war with Earth, and, me and many of the warrior caste died before the war was just stopped. He will continue the war until Delenn surrenders. Naroon does not look convinced. On Babylon 5, Zach Allen is supervising the latest arrivals through, through customs when he sees Garibaldi in the distance taking someone to one side. Just as he goes to follow, a security officer tells Zach that he needs to see something. That something is Alfred Bester. He has no wish to see any command staff or security. He is just some psycho business to attend to. And, after all, this is a free port. At least, that is what Ivanova says on the voice of the resistance. Zack says he will check with the captain and tries to follow Garibaldi. When he catches up with him, he says that there are rumours uh, about him uh, getting things through security for William Edgars. Why would he tell Garibaldi that? I mean, <laughs> it, if he's going to catch him doing it, don't tell him that you know that he's doing it. And uh, I just, I'm, it was a bit bizarre that I don't, you don't, you don't say well, that. Yeah. Not a very good security chief. <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> <laughs> Garibaldi gets aggressively defensive and storms off. On Mimbar, Delenn is preparing to surrender and tells Linnea to tell the warrior cast. Back at Babylon 5, Lita is having a, a bite to eat when Bester joins her. He winds her up about being a rogue telepath and offers her a job. He could take her name off the rogue list in return for her becoming a psycho agent. And he wants her body. When she has finished using it, of course. As she has been altered by the Vorlons, he wants to know what those alterations are, and the only way to do is to look into her body, but only if it's a natural death. She is horrified, but Bester will be around for a few days in case she changes her mind. Naroon tells Shakiri that the religious caste are going to, uh, going to surrender, and he has arranged to meet them at the Temple of Vereni. This is where all the Mimbar disputes between castes were settled before Valen's times. Shakiri says that Dilem will accept the surrender, but now will be a threat in, but then will be a threat in the future. He wants to do away with her. Lita has a visit from Zack. He wants Lita to move to smaller quarters as her rent is no longer being paid for by the Vorlons. She reluctantly agrees. He also wants to hire her for a job. He wants her to poke around a little bit inside Garibaldi's head to see if he is still all right upstairs. She is horrified as he goes against everything she believes in. Garibaldi, meanwhile, has a visit from Lita. She needs a job. He says that employing her will annoy Bester, which he likes the idea of. He offers her a job, but won't, it won't pay much as it will come out of his share. Just then, Bester turns up to make some small talk, and as he leaves, Lita says that he has scanned Garibaldi. He chases after Bester and grabs hold of him. He denies scanning him, and as Garibaldi starts to create a scene, he himself is grabbed by security. He is dragged away. As he is dragged away, Bester turns to leave with a smile on his face and walks into Zach Allen, who says, Hi. On Mimbar, Dylan has some of the religious cast. Sorry. On Mimbar, Dylan and some of the religious cast are entering the temple when she passes an item to Linnea and tells him to keep tells him to keep it with him until they are done. There are some instructions inside. 
The warrior caste are waiting for them. She tells them that the religious caste surrenders to a gasp from the gathering crowd. As Shakiri starts his speech about rebuilding the cities and forming a new government, Dylan interrupts. Now we can begin to rebuild our great cities until they are even greater than before. Now we've stepped out into the light of a new day. Now we rebuild the great council into a warrior's council. Excuse me. Yes. I said that we surrendered. I did not say that we gave up our sovereign rights to form a new government. Dukat said that in every battle, one side or the other must surrender eventually. It is the natural order of things. There's no dishonor in that, no shame. She recognizes that they are not stronger than the warrior caste. The warrior caste are the ones who sent out their young to fight. We recognize the superior forces of the warrior caste. We have, after all, spent several centuries arming you, helping you learn the art of combat. What threat are we against that? Then you acknowledge we are stronger. Stronger, yes, but wiser. For a thousand years, we've guided our people through wisdom, not arms. Will we set that aside so quickly? Suddenly, a bright light bursts into the chamber. If you enter the fire and survive, you deserve to rule. It is the tradition of their people. Dylan enters the light and asks if Shakiri will do the same. As he protests, Nerun says that Shakiri said a warrior does not fear death. What are you? said that death was only one of two consequences, neither valued nor feared above the other. Death is merely a release from our obligations. Why then are you afraid, Shakiri? Have you put your own importance above our people? Do you take their side? I speak for my people. Who do you speak for? And what are you willing to do? They are waiting for your answer. Reluctantly, Shakiri enters the light. He cannot take the fire and jumps out. Delay. We can walk out together. Share the power. No one will speak against us. No! There are other ways! We should have explored them before you tore our people apart! No! No! Dylan falls, and the rune gets her out. Gets her out and stays in the light. I was born warrior cast, but I see now the calling of my heart is religion. The war is over. Listen to her. And he is killed. Garibaldi gets another call from Edgars. He wants him to fire Lita as he does not trust telepaths. What? Message for you from William Edgars. Pull it through! Good morning, Mr. Garibaldi. Mr. Edgars, you gotta stop! I understand you just hired a telepath. Yeah? And you're paying her out of the retainer I pay you? Yeah, that's, that's right. How... How is not important. You're to fire her effective immediately. What? Why? I do not trust telepaths. I will not have them near me or anyone who works for me at this level. But, but this, this serum that you've been working on is supposed to help telepaths. If you don't want to help them, why the hell would... I may develop a serum to help lab rats. 
That does not mean I want to employ them, even secondhand. Mr. Garibaldi, I am paying you a lot of money. If you cannot meet the terms of our employment, I can always find someone else. I have nothing against her personally, but as long as you are working for me, she cannot work for you. Tell me which way you want it. He has to let her go, and as he is doing so in the Zogolo, Vesta is watching with a smile on his face. Personal log, Vester, Al, August 3rd, 2261. By provoking Mr. Garibaldi, I put him even further at odds with his former associates and further on the path I need him to follow. What I came here to get, I got. Even her. Guess you could call it a bank shot. Yes. I've had a nice day. It looks like he's playing Garibaldi after all, and in his personal log, he reveals that Lita has had to sign up for the cycle. As Delenn returns to Babylon 5 and is going to deliver a message to the whole of Membar, she gives a rousing speech that rebuilds the Grey Council. Today, we rebuild what was broken. Today, we restore the Grey Council. I summoned the Nine, as Valen called them together long ago. The lady of the religious caste. Mazich of the warrior caste. Burley of the religious caste. Shakat, the warrior caste. And rebuilds the, the Grey Council. But not just three from each of, of the two castes, religious and warrior. It will now include the worker caste as well. You had forgotten the worker caste, hadn't you? When our two sides fight, they are the ones caught in the middle, forgotten that it is their time to serve, to build, to, to die. They build the temples we pray in, the ships you fight in. They look to us to guide their hands. But prayers are fleeting and wars forgotten. What is built endures. They do not wish to conquer or convert, only to build the future. And now they will have that chance. The religious caste and the warrior caste will advise and counsel. We will serve as is proper. Religion and war must act in the service of the people, not the other way around. Sheridan gets a visit from Ivanova. Apologies for the language in this clip, as I didn't want to lose the effect of it uh, by using beeps. Sorry, I was in the... Bastards! Those cold-hearted rat... Bastards! Susan? When I heard about it, I thought it was just a rumor. I mean, we get so many of them. Oh, God, John, I just want to grab them and just... This is it! This is it! What? What is it? What? Here, this was recorded by a transport bringing relief supplies to Proxima 3. As soon as this destroyer came through the gate, the other ships identified themselves as commercial liners. They, they were carrying the sick and the wounded from where President Clark's been hitting them. Women! Children, the, the sick, the infirm, 2,000 civilians per ship crammed in like sardines. Talking about uh, moments of transition, how about this promo for another podcast right here on the ESO Network? The Earth Station One podcast has been bringing your inner geek out to play for the past 13 years. Over this time, we've seen things change in the world of geek and podcasting alike. And your friends here at ESO are looking to change also. 
We are now giving you double the fun by coming to you twice a week, and not just in audio, but now you can see our lovely faces up on YouTube. Join Mike and Mike as we celebrate our 700th episode and beyond. Earth Station One is proud to be a founding member of the ESO Network. Very good. Okay, and trivia. The Mr. Adams with whom Garibaldi uh, meets is none other than Scott Adams, the creator of the cartoon strip Dilbert. Uh, Mr. Adams wants to hire uh, Mr. Garibaldi to find his missing dog and cat. Joining Dilbert in the comic strip are Dogbert, the network systems administrator, and Catbert, the evil director of human resources. Mm-hmm. I know nothing about, I know of Dilbert, but I don't know anything about it. Ephraim Zimbalas Jr., the voice of William Eggers, is well known for, among a great many other things, other roles, Detective Stu Bailey in the 1958-1964 series 77 Sunset Strip. Uh, and Inspector Lewis Eskin in the FBI, uh, 1965. Uh, no, I've never seen him before, so I wouldn't know. In one shot, a Mimbari woman is about to sit down to talk to Mr. Garibaldi, and only a couple of seconds later, the chair is empty, and Lita Alexander is standing where the Mimbari woman was only a few minutes prior. I did not notice that. Mm. Garibaldi reminds Eggers of a seven-hour time difference between Mars and Babylon 5, but a Martian day is almost 40 minutes longer than an Earth day, so assuming Babylon 5 runs on Earth days, the time difference with Mars should shift every day. Mars presumably has uh, time zones like any other planet, so one cannot speak of one time standard for all of Mars, but Syria Planum uh, seems to be the only place on Mars ever mentioned by name, so perhaps it's the time zone that that they are using in this particular instance. Sean, are there any Star Trek connections? As a matter of fact, there are. Uh, of course, we've got uh, Mr. Bester himself, Walter Koenig, who played uh, Chekhov on Star Trek, the original series. We've seen him lots. Uh, once again, John Vickery, who played Naroon. We talked about him and his credits last week. Uh, but this week, we do have a new guy here, uh, Bart McCarthy, who plays Shakiri. Uh, he was the voice of uh, Zashar in the video game Star Trek Starfleet Academy and he also played Admiral Coburn in Deep Space Nine's episode Favor the Bull. Very good. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Okay, we move on to our ratings. Uh, we rate our episodes out of five for Babylon 5 and out of Jump Gates because it's a Babylon 5 thing. It's a thing we do. IMB do their thing, and they um, rate their, their shows out of uh, 10, and they've given it an 8.2, which is slightly higher than last week. Wow. So, Sean, what did you rate this episode? Mm. Um, I was going to give it slightly lower than last week, <laughs> actually. Um, there, there's good bits, and there's bad bits, and it's just kind of meh. Um, <laughs> we Probably the best part was uh, Bester's uh, personal log and uh, getting to see Ivanova finally in the uh, closing parts of the episode. Um, I don't know, 2.75? How did that sound? <laughs> Reasonable. <laughs> <laughs> Dan, what do you reckon? Yeah, like I, I write out a score before we start recording 
then we talk about it and then my score fluctuates depending on what happens and the score has actually gone down based on us talking about it and just <laughs> listening back to the episode it's like half of this stuff just happens and i'm just like okay all right let's just go along with this then fair enough the civil war kind of ends and when she called in the the worker cast i was half expecting to see some mimbari and dungarees and chewing a bit of like grass in their teeth now, these are the worker cast and it's like you know mordecai mimbari i mean i don't really know what was going on there like by giving it over to the workers there's a different cast now in charge and yet they didn't want one cast in charge of every it, it it balance didn't really work out for me i don't know how that works um the the whole bester situation just felt depressing from beginning to end just lita just being used and left out and forced to move because she doesn't have the money yet she was the one of the main reasons they won the war with the shadows having their ability to disrupt them telepathically so it just feels I, I hate the Babylon 5 crew for what they've done to this poor woman who doesn't have any money and they forced her out. Um, Garibaldi is still angry, but is now a Charlie's angel of one. Um, <laughs> so what? Okay, fair enough. He wanted to help Lita, but now he can't help Lita. Um, yeah, all right. Again, uh, Bester was a bit fun. It was nice to have him back. Uh, but I kind of felt like the end bit, we're going after Clark, just came out of nowhere. Like, if that had been built up a bit more that Ivana was poking around Mm. yeah exactly like the fact that it was in the synopsis in IMDB and everywhere else feels like they're overplaying that last scene and it's not like Ivanova heard a rumor at the beginning of the episode and it's like well given given what we did last week where we misled the you know the the uh, aliens of the the league of non-aligned worlds maybe Pluck's you know playing his own kind of games maybe we should investigate and then gradually Marcus unfolds the mystery and we find out he's a genocidal maniac ah we've got to stop him that would have at least been something but it you just comes I, out of nowhere. Yeah. It, it was almost like they had to pa- pad the runtime because it was a little bit too short. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think you're right. I mean, there's, I think there's, it's almost like an apology at the end. So, I, mm. I, sorry, sorry. I know this is a really bad episode, but next week <laughs> there's a really good one coming because we're going to attack Earth. So just, just hang on in there, guys. Stick with us, please. Yeah. So uh, for that reason, I am going 2.5 slap bang in the middle. I did not enjoy it. Uh, yeah, again, everything you said there is, is uh, right. I can't even pick a good point in this episode. <laughs> there was Everybody was trying really hard, but you know, it, it just there was nothing that really grabbed my attention. Um, finally, we get the, the Civil War out of the way, which last three episodes so it wasn't too bad but uh, and and theoretically yes that sort of thing should happen after a big war you do get you know people fighting for power and what you know power plays being made but there was nothing here that really grabbed my attention uh, even bester coming on didn't make me hate him any or you know hate him or, or like him or he wasn't a sort of a good guy or a bad guy you just and you know, turned up and was annoying. I, mm. I didn't know whether it was him that scanned Garibaldi or whether it was her that scanned Garibaldi. I thought it would have been better if she'd like pretended it was him that scanned him and she had actually done it and then she was going to you know, go back to Zach. But it just didn't. I don't know. Weird. It was. I just couldn't work it out. So uh, yeah. So for that reason, I'm giving it a three, which is again 
is being a little bit generous, I suppose. Um, a little bit less than last week. How on earth IMDb got eight and eight point two for these two episodes? I have no idea. Hmm. Confusing. Hmm. People must be seeing things in it that we that we are not. So, if anybody else is out there listening and they think it's a better episode than we've said, then please let us know. How would they get a hold of us, Paul? Uh, well, they can. <laughs> it's no good telling us, <laughs> telling them how to get a hold of us when they're listening to us now. But they, but uh, <laughs> if they wanted to, they could email us uh, on uh, the eps- the epsilon three at gmail.com. There we have a Facebook page. Just look up for the Epsilon 3 on Facebook and you'll find us there. Um, that's pretty much the... Uh, I think it's, is there some sort of Twitter account, uh, Dan, or have we not bothered with uh, the Epsilon 3? I can't uh, yeah, well, uh, Twitter or X or whatever it will be once the, the coming days of Apocalypse are. Um, <laughs> yeah, we do have uh, our Cosmic Pizza Twitter. We don't actually... Uh, no, we do still have the uh, Epsilon 3 one. It's still there. Uh, but try out uh, Epsilon 3 uh, podcast. Uh, get in touch with us. Send us a message and I will pass it on to these guys and we will talk about it and hopefully include it in the next episode if we can. Excellent. So join us next week when we will be discussing Season 4, Episode 15. Never give up, never surrender. Oh, no, sorry. Uh, no surrender, no tr- no retreat. That's the one. This madness has gone on long enough. I don't care if we're ready yet. I don't care if we're outnumbered or outgunned. I don't care what ISN says about us. This stops and it stops now. Now, if Earth wants to declare war on us, then it is time that we took the war to Clark. You tell the others. Starting right now, we fight back and we fight back hard. If you have any thoughts on this episode, why not send in some feedback to the epsilon3 at gmail.com. That's three spelled T-H-R-E-E, not the number. Or you can find us on our Facebook page. Just search for the Epsilon 3. Well, if you have any other problems, any other questions at all, just ask. Riding in, Susan. Anybody who wants to defect and join us, fine. If they get in our way, we'll knock them down. If they kill one of our ships, we'll kill three of theirs. And we keep going. We'll never slow down and we won't stop. No, we're going after the colonies, then Mars, then Earth. And God help anybody who gets in our way. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.